0: Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. All right. Today we're kicking off a brand new series. It's called Life in One Chapter. And I'm very excited about this series. I've actually been looking forward to this series for several months. Um, You know, reading the Bible can be a pretty daunting and intimidating thing. And so today, I brought with me, this is my personal Bible. This, I have another Bible that I usually preach from that's a little bit smaller, a little easier to handle. But this is the Bible that I study from, um, not to prepare sermons, but just for me in my personal life. This is the Bible that I read every day in my time alone with God. And I don't know about you, but when I first started reading the Bible, like, it, it was a bit of a struggle. And I, I wasn't very good at it. And when a person starts to read the Bible for the first time, most people did what I did when I first started reading the Bible, and maybe you did this too, okay? When I first started reading the Bible, I prayed a prayer, it went something like this. It went like, God, you know every word that is written in this book. And you also know exactly what I need to read so that my life can be better. And so, God, I also believe that you're all-powerful. So, please, in faith, I'm asking you that when I drop this Bible, let it flop open to the exact passage I need to hear, and whatever you say, I'll obey. Amen. And then just flop it open like that. Now, the problem with that is that what if it opens to Genesis And Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, where it says, and he walked in the garden naked and was unashamed. (laughs) I mean, you're going to obey that? I'm pretty sure there's laws against that, right? So you know, the truth is, I mean, that's not really a very effective... So I don't really recommend the faith and flop method for reading the Bible, okay? Very few times did it ever work out for me where where it was meaningful. Most of the time, most of the time I... Read about somebody who had a weird name. They married somebody who had a weird name, and they gave their kid a weirder name. I mean, I, it just—I mean, it just wasn't that meaningful. It's just how it went. So, look, th- this can be a pretty intimidating book to read. And so, the question is like, well, where do I start? And most people, the truth is, they're so intimidated that they inti- intimidated that they don't start. And if we never start then we miss out on the fact that this is God's Word that's written to us to help guide us through life. And it has so much to say to us about faith and about family and about career and about making decisions and about how to follow and how to to restructure our lives to fit His plan for our lives. I mean, there's so much in here. And if we never read it, the things that are in here and the things of God remain a mystery to us. So we have to read it. We have to understand what is written in here because that's what God's plan is us. Well, several months ago, I was, I was reading my Bible in a very systematic way. And when I read my Bible, I pick a book of the Bible. There's like, it's made of 66 books, by the way. I pick a book and I read anywhere between one and three chapters a day. And I read it until I finish that book, okay? So I was reading my Bible and I was in this, reading this one particular chapter. And as I read it, I was like, wow, Lord, if every person followed just this one chapter, I mean, forget the rest, they just followed just this one chapter, like literally, that would solve 90% of all of their faith problems, their family problems, their money problems, their direction in life problems. Like, there's so much in here, In, 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 in just this one chapter. Because this cha- honestly, this chapter is deeper and richer and it is more life-changing than probably any other single chapter in the entire Bible. So, before we study that chapter during this series, there's two things that you need to know. First off, this chapter is in the Old Testament, okay? That means that it was written hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And I know it might seem a little bit misleading... To say that, hey, well, this is, of all the chapters of the Bible, this is one chapter we need to study and, and really focus in on, when it doesn't even mention Jesus, because, hello, Mike, isn't Christianity based on Jesus? Well, yes, it is, and I am fully aware of that. Um, but you need to understand that it's not misleading, because this chapter presumes faith. And people in the Old Testament before Jesus came along, they had faith in God. And their faith said that God had a son, and that son would one day come to earth and be the Messiah. They just didn't know his name. And so for those of us that live on this side of the crucifixion and New Testament in the timeline of history, for us it means that, hey, we still have to have faith. But our our faith must now also include Jesus Christ. So look, if you've not made a decision to become a Christ follower, then the truth is, this chapter that we're going to study, it just simply won't be nearly as meaningful. And you won't get nearly as much out of it, because you need to have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So look, if you've never done that, and never started that relationship, I'm going to give you a chance when we get to the end today, but... This chapter still presumes faith on our part, just like it did for the people in the Old Testament. Okay, second thing is this, is that this chapter is so deep and it is so rich that the truth is there is no way we could cover it all in just the three weeks that we have. In fact, we couldn't cover it in 10 weeks, okay? So here's what we've done. We are, we, we have, we're, we're finishing writing a devotional guide for all of the verses that we are not going to get the chance to cover on a Sunday morning as we walk through this chapter. So when we get to the end of the day, I'm going to give you a chance to request that devotional guide to be emailed to you, okay? So that's why it's going to be really important for you to fill out that little connection card and put your contact information on there so that we can email you that devotional guide. It's going to be great. So, all right, so that said, this one chapter is contained in the book of proverbs it's proverbs chapter three now here's the thing i know most of you already know that and the reason i know you know that is because you peaked okay and it's okay if you looked ahead in your sermon notes like I, I would have done that too that's not cheating okay that's just being resourceful all right so here is how the chapter opens proverbs chapter three verses one and two it says this it says my son do not forget my teaching but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity okay now look this is solomon the wisest man who has ever lived and he's writing to his son whom he loves and and look he's saying this he's like hey hey junior Listen up, okay? Listen to what I'm saying and don't just pretend like you're listening, okay? Really take this this stuff in because if you do, then this will lead you to a long and happy and prosperous life. And here's the thing. That promise, that promise still extends to us today. It's as if Solomon was starting to map out a path For his son to take through life. And that same path is outlined to us today. In this chapter of Proverbs. So, and we need to understand that this path has many characteristics. That's what Psalm is about to start describing this path through life. So, what are the first two characteristics of this path? That's what we have time to talk about today. We're going to talk about the first two. The first two characteristics of the path is that number one, the path is is faithfulness. The path is described as faithfulness. Verse three says this, or three and four, it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. I want you to circle the word love and circle the word faithfulness. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God, and man. So look, the first two things that Solomon tells his son to get rid of, or that he cannot get rid of, is love and faithfulness. Look, he's, he's supposed to bind them around his neck. It's, it's kind of like a collar, something that he cannot break free from. He's supposed to write them on his heart. So these are two things that are supposed to be a part of him from the inside. That's what he's telling his son, okay? And these two things are love and faithfulness. Now, Let's look closer at these two words because they have a deeper meaning that, than just first glance, okay? The word love is, is a word, the way it's used here, it does not describe the emotion. So Psalm is not telling us, that, hey man, you just got to be more loving. I mean, you cannot treat your sister like that. I mean, that is not, that's not what he's saying, okay? He's, the word lo- here, this is your fill-in, here the word love means Fidelity to obligations in a relationship. It means fidelity to obligations in a relationship. Basically, he's saying, look, if you really love someone, you will fulfill your obligations and keep that relationship strong. That's what he's saying. Now, faithfulness describes someone who is reliable, who is stable. Now, that's actually fairly self-explanatory, okay? But here's the thing. Both of these things are to be understood together, not separately. They're not two separate things. They're really understood to be together. So, to be a loving and faithful person, according to Proverbs 3, it means that you have to be faithful to fulfill the obligations of whatever relationships you are in, and you've got to be reliable to do that over the long haul. That's what he's saying. So, what are God's expectations in my relationships? Well, let's go through a few examples. For instance, in marriage, God's expectation is that I stay committed until death do us part. So I stay committed until death do us part. Look, and the truth is, that, it, that just goes way beyond a commitment not to cheat, OK? Because remember, it's a commitment to fulfill my obligations in a relationship so then the question becomes okay what am i doing in my marriage to cultivate love what am i doing to cultivate love what do i what is it that i do that makes my spouse more secure in my in my love for him or her than ever before What am I doing, get this, what am I doing to make sure that my marriage is better this year than it was last year? I mean, can you imagine what our world would be like if every married couple had adopted the attitude of like, what could I do to make sure that my marriage is better this year than last year? How much better would our world be? How much fewer divorces would ever happen? How much pain would kids never have to go through? Now look, I'm not trying to heap guilt on anybody that has been divorced, okay? Look, if you've been divorced, that's in the past. There's nothing to do about it. But what I'm saying is, is that you make a commitment to God saying, okay, God, my next marriage is not going to follow the path of my last marriage, because I'm going to be loving, and I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to fulfill those obligations in that relationship. That's what you're saying. Okay well, what about a relationship with our kids? What about that? God's expectation with my kids is that, I it, it, look, it's not just that I rear my child to you know just be some, a respectable human being, although sometimes that would be nice, right? But it's, it's way more than that, okay? with kids it's that i teach my children to love and honor god it's that i teach my children to love and honor god so what are you doing to make sure that that happens look what if what if every single christ following in all the world what if every single christ following mom and dad And grandpa and grandma, what if every single one of them taught their kids and their grandkids how to follow and love and honor God? How different would our world be? And don't you wish that your parents had done that with you from a young age? Yeah. That's God's expectation. So be faithful and reliable to do that for your kids, for your grandkids, okay? What about your obligation to co-workers? Here's your feeling. With co-workers, it's that I always act kindly and build them up, not tear them down. That means that you support them, and you work hard so that you're not the one that's dragging the rest of the team down. And it especially means that you only speak nice about other people look even if they don't deserve it and that's hard to do right but that's what God's expectation is look and if if everybody did that how different would your workplace be if everybody only said kind and nice things about other people how different would your workplace be it'd be amazing so look here's the thing Someone has to start somewhere, right? I mean, somebody's got to do this. So why not you? Be that person that starts. Be the person that looks at every relationship that God has put you in in your life, and say, okay, God, what are my obligations? What are your expectations in those relationships? And God, you can count on me. I'm going to be reliable, and I'm going to be faithful to fulfill those obligations. And I'm not going to just ignore them, and I'm definitely not going to tear them down. Okay, now look, this, this, this first set of verses, it closes by saying that the result is that you'll have a good name with God and with other people. So really, your reputation is a good measure of how well you're doing at fulfilling this. So what's your reputation? What do other people say about you? What do other people say it's like to be related to you? What do other people say it's like to work with you? What do other people say it's like to volunteer with you? What do other people say it's like to coach with you? What do other people say it's like to be around you? Because that's the measure. So God is asking you to be a, to make, God is asking you to be a loving and faithful person in all your relationships. And look, if you will trust him, he can make you that way. Okay, now we come to probably, not probably, we come to absolutely the most famous verses in all of the book of Proverbs. It's Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, and this is how they describe the path. It describes the path as a, the path is trust. They basically say that the path is trust. Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Bottom line, this path includes, th- this verse say two key things. And these are your bullet points. The first is this, is that I need to trust God's way and not my way. i got to trust God's way and not my way. I mean, look, too oftentimes we trust in our own abilities, we trust in our own know-how, and our own experiences. But look, when God asks you, To take a a step of faith, to trust His way, a way that for you at that moment doesn't make any logical sense, would you be willing to trust Him? I mean, do you trust God when He asks you to take a step of faith that you're like, I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. God, I I have no idea why you would do that. Because look, bottom line, really, the the entire Christian life boils down to, do you trust God? It all, it, it all boils down to, do you trust God? Four words. That's so what he's saying. Hey, trust my way and not your way. Let me give you an example. Teenagers, let me say this to you. God says to you that not to be sexually active until you marry. Singles, those who are single again, God says the exact same thing to you. Because look, it's a trust issue do you really trust that his way is the best god says lean not on your own understanding because i mean i'm telling you literally the entire world says to all of us it says hey go ahead i have sex like it is it is no big deal i i I mean come on you love each other it's fun i mean where's the real harm So, and look, by the way, not to have sex is so old-fashioned and so outdated. I mean, nobody holds out anymore. Well, first off, that's actually not true. That's not true. Now, TV and movies make it seem like it's true, but it's not. And the second thing is this, is that if you really, get this, if you really love that other person... Then show that other person how much you love your future possible marriage with them by saying, you know what, I am not going to be sexually active with anybody unless I'm married to them. And I'm telling you, that kind of commitment will break such great security in your marriage because you can tell them, look, I'm not going to have sex with anybody in my future unless I am married them. And I want you to be secure in our future marriage, so much so that the proof is, is that I am not going to have sex with you until we're married. And the reason you know I will be faithful in the future is because I'm going to be faithful now and not be sexually active now. And so that way, whenever we do get married, I mean, and that's even if I'm 100% sure you're the person. That way whenever we do get married you don't have to worry that i'm out there fooling around because since i didn't fool around before we married i'm definitely not going to fool around after we're married bam right that's right and look and and married folks look married folks look get that you remember this god says that your spouse your spouse is the only legitimate source of sexual fulfillment for you. So you're not to look to an affair for sexual fulfillment. You're not to look to pornography for sexual fulfillment. You need to look to your spouse. Because look, you need to understand, God is not against sex. God is very much for sex, but sex within a marriage. And if you will do it God's way, You'll find that you will enjoy sex so much more and you will enjoy it for many more years if you trust God with your sexuality. Okay, but look, here's the thing. Sexuality, that's just one, that's just one example. That's just one example. Do you trust God with your finances? How you talk? With your temper? With your moral standards? With your ethical choices at work? I mean, you know, look, bottom line, do you Put your trust in the Lord and His ways? Or or do you just tend to trust your own understanding and what you think is right? That's the question. Now, now the the verse also says the second thing. It says, the second component is that I'm to acknowledge Him in all things. That's your next one. That I'm to acknowledge Him in all things. Now, this is actually pretty straightforward. Basically, he's saying, hey, be open and not secretive about trusting God's ways, okay? For instance, let me say it like this. When someone asks, like, hey, why is it that you always have something nice to say about people at work? I mean, I've never heard you say anything negative or uh, critical about anyone else, okay? Don't answer them, you know, well, I mean, that's just how my mama raised me. I don't say that. Because look, that is your window of opportunity to acknowledge God in all your ways. So you want to say something like, well, you know, what? I got to be honest with you, I didn't used to be this way. I used to be a pretty critical person. But you know what? I believe that God is teaching me and he's showing me that I'm to build people up and I'm not supposed to tear people down. And God tells me I'm supposed to be loving and faithful in all my relationships and that includes my relationships here at work. And so you know what? That's why I try not to be critical. And that's why I try to be positive in all things. Because I'm trying to honor God with my life and trust him. Man, that's huge. See, that, that's acknowledging God in all your ways. Or when someone says to you, hey, you know what? Well, why, why is it that you won't let your son play on our select ball team? <laughs> Please, that is an opportunity for you to say to that person, well, you know what? I believe that God has called us and we have committed to worship and serve and honor God every Sunday. And so for me and my family, we don't make any commitments that would regularly take us away from that. And so it has nothing to do with what we think about the select team. We think the select team is great. We just think that God is greater. And so that is the commitment that we have made for me and our family. And we're going to honor that. And, by the way, we believe that our son is will learn what he gets out of church and what he will learn at church will help him in life so much more than anything he's going to learn by playing yet another ball game. And if God wants my son to be a professional baseball player, I also believe God is big enough to make that happen without being on that team. And then you drop the mic and walk out right? I'm telling you, that's how it goes. So, you got to acknowledge God in all your ways. So, look, trust, so, look, I'm telling you, please, 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 please. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Look, God wouldn't have to tell you to do this if he wasn't from time to time going to ask you to do some things that just simply aren't going to make much sense to you. That's going to happen. And that's what Psalm is trying to tell his son about walking God's path. And that's what Psalm is trying to tell us. Look, that following God is not always going to make logical sense. But you know what? That's when you trust God anyway, okay? so. Be the kind of person that says, okay, God, you know what, like, what you're asking me to do and trust you with, like, it doesn't make much sense to me, but you know what? Since you're God and I'm not, since you're omniscient and I'm not, and since you have seen thousands of generations live and die on this earth, and you have seen all of the problems and all, how they've handled all these struggles and how, what has made them stumble along the way, and you, so you see what I'm going through many, many times before? Then there's an outside chance you might know what you're talking about. So I'll trust you. So I'll trust your ways and not mine. Because you've seen this before. Right? Look, see, that's the thing. It's not like God's di- asking you to take these like, gigantic leaps of faith. okay? He's asking you to trust Him because He knows what He's talking about. He's seen all this before. So trust Him with all your heart. And when people ask you, like, hey, why are you doing what you're doing? Then you, you just use that as an opportunity to tell them that that's what God says. You know, and who knows? God might use your comment of why you're doing what you're doing to help that other person. Believe in God, too. You never know. Now, like I said at the very beginning of the message, okay, this chapter presumes faith, but it, but it doesn't presume just faith in God, but also in God's Son, Jesus Christ. Look, and I'm not talking about just believing that God and that Jesus exist. okay? Look, even the devil believes that God and Jesus exist, Faith goes way beyond that. Faith goes to saying, you know what? I will follow God and his son, Jesus Christ. See, that's something the devil will not do. And so that's the kind of faith we're talking about here. And so, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you for everything that you've ever done and committed to follow him, that's what being a Christ follower, what being a Christian is. If you've never done that, then there's a prayer at the bottom of your message notes. I want you to take a moment. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Okay? Now, as we close, one thing I need you to know. Next week, next week we're going to have a guest speaker. It's a guy. His name is Greg Gunn. I met him at a prayer retreat uh, this last year, and he started a ministry called Family ID. That ID stands for intentional design. Look, and he's going to come talking, using Proverbs 3 as a launching point. He is going to come and talk about how God can change our families and how he can change our kids so that our kids will, get this, can treat our, learn how to treat their siblings better than they treat their best friends. It's like for real he's like yeah for real and he wants to teach teenagers how to take no gracefully right And he's going to talk about how we can change the generational direction of our family to one that honors God. I'm telling you, it is going to be amazing. He's going now. Listen, you obviously can't cover all that in one like 30-minute talk. So he's going to come on Sunday morning, and he'll be here next Sunday morning. But he'll also be here next Sunday afternoon. And in the afternoon, from two to four, we're going to have. A family ID workshop. It's free. There's materials, but we're we're providing them all for free for families to come. And it's interactive, so you bring your kids with you to come so that you can do work on these, learn and work on these things together. It is going to be fabulous. And look, if you don't have kids because you're single, or if your kids are, if you're an empty nester, I'm telling you, I talked to Greg. He says there's still so much there that's perfect for an empty nester because it helps Resolve things with adult kids and helps your relationships with your grandkids or future grandkids. So it's worth coming. Be here. It's going to be fabulous. I'm going to give you a chance to register for that here in just a second. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. Let me close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that you have put so much, just packed so much into this one chapter. And in this one chapter, you give us so much direction in life. And so I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us to trust you in all things and we would acknowledge you and that doing, in doing so, you would make our paths straight. And bring us back next week, God, so that we can hear more. And I ask you to do this in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.